You're listening to a message from Impact Student Ministry, a middle and high school-oriented production of The Summit Church. We got a very, very, very special guest for y'all back here tonight. All right, she is a wonderful uh, leader in the Impact Ministry still. Now she's a huge leader out of the Jamestown location. Uh, Her and her husband, Brian, they run that location for us. So what we want you guys to do right now is give a warm impact welcome. Bring her back home for Brooke Marston. Y'all make some noise. Thank you. Hey, guys. How are you guys tonight? You good? Yeah. Well, as he said, I'm Brooke. I'm so glad to get to be here with you guys tonight. Um, We've been in a series called New Year, New You. Are you tired of it yet? No, because you want to be new, right? You want to be, be your best self. Do you? Yeah? You want to live your best life? Anybody? No? No, you do? Okay, so how many of you would say that there's at least one area where you could improve, where your life could be better? Just some of you may be like, uh, my whole life needs to improve, all of it, but just... One, there's at least one area, that's all of us, right? One area where we could at least be just a little bit better. And that's, that's really what we're going to talk about tonight. Now, um, the thing, that's the thing that I love about a new year is it gives us an opportunity to really think about kind of where we are, where we've been, where we want to go. And it gives us a chance to reevaluate, um, set, some, set some goals, make some plans um, so that our year this year looks better than our year last year. But I didn't always think that that was so great when I was younger. When I was younger and people would talk about um, setting goals or making New Year's resolutions, it stressed me out. It stressed me out big time because um, I'm a little bit of a recovering perfectionist and I would feel like that if I couldn't get that goal or achieve that goal or or be 100% successful with a resolution right out of the gate, I felt like I was a failure. Does anybody else feel that at all, ever? Okay, good, I'm not by myself. That makes me feel better that I'm not by myself. I think a lot of people are like this. Um, and, we, and so um, I, would, I also have really great intentions. There are lots of things that I wanna do. I wanna do them really, really well. Um, but a lot of times I don't. I am not the best at things. I, I don't do them well. So when people would talk about New Year's resolutions, I would get super stressed. Um, when people would talk about goal, play, goal setting, I, would, I just didn't like it. I didn't wanna do it. I didn't want any part of it. So if you are like that, um, I just wanna ask you tonight if you'll just hang with me for just a little bit because I promise that what we're talking about tonight I think could be helpful for you. If you like to set goals, if you like to make plans, and you like to, to think about all of those things, then, then great. Hopefully this will be super easy for you to kind of track along with. And I thought that it might be kind of fun. It might be interesting at least. It would be interesting for me to find out um, what are some goals that you have set for this year Or if you don't want to talk about yourself because it's easier to talk about other people, if you you want to just shout out, what are some goals that you have seen people set when it comes to a new year? What are things that people want to see happen in a new year? Weight loss. Weight loss. Okay, great. That's a big one. What else? Better Better grades. Did somebody say better mental health? All right, I like it, mental health. We need to raise our mental health game. 
A good attitude? Okay. Somebody said something about relationships. Friendship slash relationship. Did somebody say get a job? <laughs> All right. Get a job. Get a good job. Move out of your parents' house. What else? Anything else? What? More Jesus. Okay. Are we clapping for more Jesus? I like it. What else? What else? So anybody, anything else? Shout it out. Eat that Oreo. You know what? I think it might take you all year to eat that Oreo thing. That thing is huge. Anything else? I mean, these are good. These are some great goals. And I think, and I don't know about you, but I feel like if, if some of these things happened, if we had better mental health, for some people, if they lost some weight, um, if people's attitude got a little bit better or you had made better decisions and choices in friendships and relationships, you would have a better 2019 than 2018, right? Yeah. But some of those things are kind of a big deal, right? You can't do it all at once. Like if I have an attitude, a good attitude one day, that doesn't really mean I'm going to have a good attitude for the whole rest of the year, right? And sometimes having a good attitude is a big challenge. I mean, it is for me. Is it for you? Your family easy to deal with, your friends are always easy to deal with, and you can always have a perfectly good attitude. Yeah, no, sometimes it's hard. Um, I, the thing I, I like about um, the weight loss one is that I feel like we see this all the time. It's why gyms are full of people at the first of the year, right? It's why Planet Fitness and all of the other gyms offer like discounted memberships because they know that people are going to flood to the gym in the first week of January, and all of these people are going to try to make up for all the time that they haven't been exercising. They're going to try to get it all in real fast because they realize that, that things are really, really terrible, and so they're going to try to do it all. But guess what's going to happen? After about a week or so of that, what happens? They give up. Why do they give up? They give up because they're... They don't have hope because they're so sore. They can't move. It's too hard. And they start eating pizza, and it just is and it, pizza and donuts that we're feeding to the seniors. So it just becomes so hard. It seems insurmountable. It seems like they'll never get better. They don't see the progress right away, and so they just give up, like I was prone to do before. But I have some good news for you. All of these goals, goals don't have to be this way. Setting a resolution doesn't have to be this way. There's, there's good news for you. There's this thing called the consistency effect. Consistency. The consistency effect. It says that small things consistently over time lead to big things. So rather than just trying to go to the gym and do all of the exercising that you've missed for three years in one session, a little bit of exercise consistently over time leads to better physical condition, right? You guys know this is true. You've seen it play out in your life all the time. It's why sports teams practice. It's why bands and orchestras rehearse, right? And believe it or not, it's why teachers give homework, right? Because 
Because small things consistently over time lead to big things. Now, there is some bad news with this. Do you want the bad news? Okay, some of you are realists, and yes, you want the bad news. Here's the bad news. This doesn't just work for positive things or improvements. This also works for negative things or negative habits that you have. Most of the bad habits that you have, most of those secret things that you don't want other people to know that you struggle with, didn't start out as a big thing. They started out as a small thing that consistently you gave into over time. And now it's a big thing and it seems overwhelming and it seems impossible to master. But there's good news because this works for the positive. One small step in the right direction consistently over time leads to big things. Now, one of the biggest accomplishments that I have ever had in my life was that I ran a marathon. For those of you who do not know, a marathon is 26.2 miles of running all at one time. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I did not say that for a clap, but I will, I will enjoy that in this moment. Yes, now... Do you think that one day I just decided, hey, I'm going to go out and run 26.2 miles today? No, that would have been a terrible idea. I mean, I guess I could have, but it would have been an awful idea. And that's not what happened, especially because prior to that, I didn't run. I didn't like to run. I didn't want to run. When I was in middle school and when I was in high school and we would have to run the mile in PE, do you guys still have to do that? Yeah, okay, so I can tell by the tone of your voice that some of you really love that exercise. So when, when I was in middle school and when I was in high school and I, had, and I had to run the mile, guess what? I didn't run it, right? I was, one of those, I was one of those girls, and I had a group. There were a group of us, and we walked it because we were awesome. And I figured out I could walk fast enough to get the grade that I needed to get for PE. So guess what I did? I walked it. I feel like you're raising your hand because you do the same thing. Oh, there's a bug in my hair? That's awesome. Wow. Thank you. I have released the bug. I, I really appreciate that. What was I saying? Now I'm going to be itchy the rest of the time. All right, no, I didn't, I didn't run. I wasn't a runner. Um, so, but my husband, I, I, when I grew up, I decided, you know, there are exercises, not all bad. And my husband, Brian, had been running. He had been running races, and I would go to these races, and I would clap and cheer and say, oh, you did so good. Like, yay, look at you. You're so great. And, um, <laughs> and one, one of the times that I went to, to see him at the finish line of a race, I was just struck by how happy these people looked. And it hadn't occurred to me that you could run and be happy, but, <laughs> but these people were happy and, and they seemed so accomplished. Like they looked like that things were going really well in their lives. Do you ever look at people and they look like things are going well in, in their lives and you think, I would really like to feel that way too. 
That's how I felt when I saw these people. So I thought, well, you know, maybe I'm, I'm out of shape from having four kids, and maybe running would help me get into a little bit better shape. Maybe it would help me with some of these things. And, um, and also maybe it would help me feel happy and accomplished. So I thought I would give running a try. And so I found a plan. Hey, guys, if that bug comes back, will you please tell me because I'm a little bit paranoid. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. So, so I decided I would find a plan to help me to help me run because like I told you I didn't I, di I didn't run so I found this plan online called couch potato to 5k now I think that they've changed the name now to couch to 5k because I guess people didn't like feeling like they were being called a couch potato um, but anyway it was a great plan and I loved it because it had very small attainable steps from the very beginning like for example day one was walk five minutes got it run one for 30 minutes, walk five minutes, run for one for 30 minutes. I thought, you know what? I can do that. I can run for a minute. I can do anything for a minute, at least I thought. And it worked out pretty well, except for the times that my one minute of running happened when I was like going uphill, which seemed to always happen. That was terrible. It was hard at first, but I did it. I remained consistent with it. And over the course of 12 weeks, I got to the point where I could run 3.1 miles at one time without stopping. It was amazing. I started out walking more than I ran, and I ended up where I was able to run the entire thing. Well, that was so much fun. I got to that place where I was like, running is great. I see why people are so happy. I enjoy this. So I decided that I wanted to run more. So I thought it would be fun to run a longer distance. I got a little bit faster running the shorter distances and decided that I would run a half marathon, which is 13.1 miles in case you guys are good at division. And so that I, I, after I had done a couple of half marathons, I thought, you know what? I think I might like to try to run a marathon. It was so scary, it seemed like a great idea. So I decided to do it. I got a training plan. And I followed that training plan consistently at one point just, just a week or so before the actual race day. I ran 20 miles at one time, which was the most, it was the farthest I had ever gone at one time. And then uh, about a week and a half later, two weeks later, I ran the 26.2 miles from start to finish. It was a big accomplishment for me. But it happened because of small steps consistently over time, it led to a big accomplishment. Now, you may not relate to running. You may go, yeah, whatever, I don't care. Your story's boring. I liked the bug better. But you guys have had, like, you guys have had experiences like this, too. Like, you know, you've, maybe you've saved up your pennies to buy a video gaming system or a car. Or maybe you have practiced detail after detail so that you learn the dance for the dance recital. You guys know that small Small things consistently over time lead to big things. And it's not just true when it comes to physical things. It's true when it comes to other things. In fact, one of the writers of the New Testament, a man by the name of Paul, he was one of Jesus' first followers, and he made a connection. He, he recognized the value of physical training, but he made a connection to physical training and to the spiritual so I wanted to kind of give, let you see something that he said to um, a young man named Timothy. Here's what, here's what Paul had to say about physical training. He said, physical training is good, 
But training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, as as I was preparing for this, I found another translation of this, um, the message translation. I don't know if you have ever read the Bible um, in the message translation, but I had to write this down because I thought it was so great. And here's, here's that translation. It's the same thing, just different words. It says, exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. So I loved it. Nobody wants, nobody wants flabbiness um, physically or spiritually, right? So, and so working out is good. It has great benefits. But living a disciplined life in God is even better. Now, one of the things that I love that Paul said that he lets Timothy know and he lets us know is that if you are going to live a life of godliness, it's going to require training. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think we think about godliness or living like Jesus as something that just kind of poof happens like magic. But Paul lets us know, hey, no, it's going to require training. It's going to require a plan. It's going to require some intention and some intentionality. You're going to have to work for it. Now, we've been in this series, New Year, New You, and Chris um, has talked about what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. And last week he talked about how the friends that you have make a big impact on the kind of life that you're going to live. And... And he has had some great things to say. Now, if you wouldn't say that you have a relationship with Jesus yet, if you are not a follower of Jesus yet, I think that you can take this principle, that principle of the consistency effect, that small things consistently over time lead to big things. I think that you can take that and you can apply that to any goal that you set. But what we're going to talk about in the next few minutes really isn't for you if you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet or you're not even sure about it. Now, I invite you to listen in. I want you to listen in. I hope um, that some of this, the rest of what happens is helpful for you because really, ultimately, I would love for you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I would love for you to decide to follow him because I do believe that Jesus will make your life better. But if you would say that you are a follower of Jesus, that you have a relationship with him, what we're going to talk about next is critical for you. Because every other goal that you set, every other thing that you set out to do is important, but none of those things are more important than the training in godliness. So, with that said, I, would, I wanted to show you something that Jesus had to say about being his disciple. And here's what Jesus said one time when he was talking about what it looks like to be his follower. He says, but don't begin until you count the cost. Don't begin following me until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everybody would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. And then he goes on, or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. 
it wouldn't make sense at all for a king to be like, hey, yeah, let's go to war if you don't know that you can win the war, right? And if you can't win, you're going to say, let's have peace, truce. Don't send your army in here, right? So Jesus is saying there is a cost to following me. And then at another time, Jesus says this about being his disciple. He says, um, go ahead and give me that next slide. He says that your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So it is your love that's going to prove if you are his disciple. And being his disciple comes at a cost. It's going to take intentionality and work. Jesus goes on in that, in, in that uh, time when he's talking about counting the cost of the kings and building buildings and all that. He goes on to talk about that being his disciple means giving up your very life. That's kind of hardcore, right? But I think it helps, and here's why I think it helps. When I, I started following Jesus when I was very young, and I don't remember people talking about how difficult it would be to follow Jesus at times. And so a lot of times I felt like I should just know how to read the Bible. I felt like it should be something that I just knew how to do, and I felt like I should want to do it. That, I should, that it, it should just be like, yes, I know how, and I want to, and it's butterflies and puppies, and I, I know exactly what to do. But I haven't always felt that way when it comes to reading the Bible. And I felt like I should just know what it means to love other people. I should know what that looks like, and it should be easy for me. And you know what? Sometimes it is easy to love those around me, but sometimes it is hard. Because sometimes people are hard to love. And it requires consideration, and it requires being intentional, and sometimes I'm selfish. And sometimes loving somebody else can seem like this huge mountain to climb, and I don't know how to do it. It seems, it seems difficult. But we, have, we, we, have, we, we know that we can do small things consistently, over time to lead to big things. I don't have to have all of the answers right now. It's okay that it's hard. And we have a great gift, you and I, when it comes to knowing what it looks like to following Jesus. And that is the Bible. Some of the early followers of Jesus, they didn't have the benefit of that. We have it. And I know that it is a big book, and I know that it's old, and I know that sometimes it is really hard to figure out, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I promise you that if you take small steps, that over time, you can make big strides. But I can also tell you this, that if you don't take the time to read what is in that scripture, You're not going to know what it looks like to live the life that Jesus lived. You are not going to know what it looks like to love like Jesus loved. So that first step is actually opening up the Bible and reading it. And those are not just stories. The New Testament are not just stories. They are actual eyewitness accounts of people who were walking with Jesus. And they wrote down the things that he said and the things that he did and the way that he loved and the way that he helped not only his friends, but his enemies. 
And we have a view into what that life was like and we can look at it and we can see what love looks like. We can see what it looks like to live like Jesus lived. So I would encourage you, out of all the goals that you set this year, in the whole, with the whole idea of it being a new year and you wanting to be a new you, I would encourage you to make reading the Bible part of your training in godliness. And it doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be hours at a time. Start with five minutes. Just like when, just like when I was training to run a marathon, I walked for five minutes and I ran for one until I built up, built up endurance. The same thing is true for you guys. Take five minutes. Read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or read uh, the letter that James, the brother of Jesus, wrote to the early church. You can find it in the New Testament. It's called James. It's super easy. Take five minutes. Read something in the New Testament about Jesus, about his life, about the things that the early church um, the things they were encouraged by. And then I would encourage you to take a minute after you've read and write down what you, what you learned, something that stood out to you. Write it down in a journal, keep a notebook, put a note in your phone, do something to make a note of what you learned and then ask God to help you live that out. Okay, because knowing the information is great, you can't do it unless you know it, but if you only know it and you never live it out, it's kind of worthless. So take the time to read and then live it out. Ask God to help you. He will be there with you in the process. And I know when you, when you do this, you're gonna find that loving other people looks a lot like helping those who are in need. It means reaching out to those people who are overlooked or left out. It means using kind words instead of harsh words. It means listening instead of talking all of the time. Those are big things, too big to accomplish all in one day. But small things consistently over time lead to big things. And eventually, when you stay consistent, just like physical conditioning improves with a little bit of exercise and a little bit of training, when you do things like this, when you invest in spiritual training, your spiritual conditioning improves. And your life gets better, not because it's easier, but because you are reflecting who you truly are and who God says you are, just like we sang about earlier. Now tonight, in your small groups, you're going to have an opportunity to talk about goals that you have, to set some goals. And I would encourage you to really consider goals that you can set when it comes to your relationship with Jesus, when it comes to faith goals, what that looks like. And I would encourage you to use that group around you, just like Chris talked about, that your group of friends the people you surround yourself with makes a big impact. 
Let that group, let your small group be a place where you can encourage each other, where you can push each other to be better, where you can train together in a sense so that you don't feel so alone. And just remember, you don't have to do it all today because small things consistently over time lead to big things. Let me pray for you guys. God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for how he lived and for how he loved. And God, it can seem so overwhelming to live like that and to love like that. God, I thank you for reminders that we don't have to get it all right today. And God, that if we mess up, we start again the next day. We don't have to give up just because it's difficult. God, thank you that we have your Holy Spirit with us, helping us to live those things out. God, I pray that you would give us the courage to invest in spiritual training. That you would give us the courage to step into something that's a little bit scary so that we can enjoy the benefit of the accomplishment down the road. God, thank you for how you love us. Pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to get more information on Impact Student Ministry or The Summit Church, visit us online at thesummitchurch.net.